Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. That boy, Jokic, a little bit of contact. Boy, that potentially could get dangerous. I think Jokic was just trying to get the basketball from the crowd. and I don't think Ishbi appreciated that Jokic. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, but yeah, Ishbi did sell that a little bit. Pointing to the, the seats. Unsportsmanlike technical foul on Jokic. Denver ball out of bounds. Kind of sticky cool, 60 degrees. 2-2, Rutschman out to left field looking for redemption. Campbell backs up at the wall. Look up and it's gone. Not this time for Adley Rutschman. He defeats the left field wall and tacks on another for the Orioles. It's 3-1. That was on the ball hit by Paven Smith in that sixth inning. Ortez can't check. Moreno will complete the strikeout on the curveball. That's seven for Zach. To your point, coach. Got to stay ready. Lonnie Walker guarded by Curry. Walker, pull up. Walker hits another one. It's the Lonnie Walker game. Stepping out of bounds. So the Knicks have not made a shot here in the fourth. Miami is one out of nine. Butler gets inside for the deuce. Wilson Contreras leading it off. Many of the fans here giving him an ovation. Tipped his cap to the crowd here at Wrigley. So now man at second in this one-to-one game in the sixth inning with two outs. The pitch to Contreras. Fly ball, left center, deep, all the way back, and that ball is going to be off the wall. Contreras hustling for second with a double. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Tuesday, May 9th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. Suns and Nuggets, who you got ATS at Denver. Uh, the 2023 Baltimore Orioles, are you a believer? Zach Allen, is he the best pitcher in the National League? Lakers, Warriors, how surprised are you? Jimmy Butler, why has he been this successful? And what's been most impressive about his playoff run? The 2023 St. Louis Cardinals, are they already finished? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so, we'll go around Major League Baseball with Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com. 10.30... Uh, approximately. Uh, we'll have interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That will include a Suns and Nuggets Game 5 preview, and uh, time pending a little bit on the Diamondbacks and Marlins for Monday night. Meanwhile, the final segment, it'll be the national roundup, topped by from the scoreboard, from the NBA scoreboard from last night, and also 
the latest line for NBA and maybe get to some uh, maybe get to some uh, Major League Baseball in that final segment today. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, who you got tonight in Denver? The Nuggets uh, laying five and a half for the Suns plus five and a half. And uh, what do we have here, Corey, as far as early returns? So far, currently, it's tied half and half, 50% there on KDUS1060.com. All right. The NBA wisely opted not to suspend Nick Jokic, as his friends call him, as we mentioned this a few years ago. So I consider him a friend. Uh, so Nick Jokic, uh, they decided not to suspend him after the Game 4 contact with Suns owner Matt Ishbia. The uh, the five-and-a-half-point spread is the latest from FanDuel, and that's kind of the universal spread as of at least the last half hour or so. Uh, lots of money on the Nuggets this morning for some reason. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question. Do you believe in the 2023 Baltimore Orioles? And uh, what do we have here, uh, Corey? What's going on in the, this this excellent question here? Leading right now is no. 80% of the vote, yes, at 20% on KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter. Maybe not an excellent question. 80% is a little high. Uh, the Orioles currently uh, four games into a six-game stretch against the Braves and the Rays. In my opinion, the two best teams in baseball thus far. I understand it's a small sample size as far as the season goes, but in this past weekend, the Orioles did lose two out of three at Atlanta before they lost last night at home in the first of a series against Tampa. Meanwhile, uh, back on the local front, Zach Gallen delivered last night. He toyed with the offensive anemic Marlins. He allowed one run in seven scoreless, seven, seven innings, gave up one run, seven innings in the 5-2 win on Monday night. Is Zach Gallon the best pitcher in the National League? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, Lonnie Walker. He was the biggest star in Los Angeles last night. The seldom-used guard scored all 15 of his points in the fourth quarter. And the Lakers, uh, once they're one win away from eliminating the defending champion Warriors, how surprised are you that the Lakers are one win away from eliminating the defending champs? Meanwhile, wasn't such a surprise in Miami. There was no surprise who the star was there. Jimmy Butler continued his MVP offseason as the Heat are now one win away from eliminating the Knicks and uh, the Heat uh, you know, close to going to the conference finals in the East. What has impressed you most during Jimmy Butler's impressive postseason run? Meanwhile, back to Major League Baseball. The recently demoted Wilson Contreras returned to Wrigley Field last night as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, the hated St. Louis Cardinals, and the former Cub catcher seemed to, uh, let's put it this way, uh, gladly enjoy the role of the villain. Uh, so, uh, the Cardinals off to a terrible start uh, this season. We'll get to them more on them in the next segment with Matt Schneider. But are the Cardinals, you know, are they finished? 36 games into the 2023 season. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That is the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. 
Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. We seldom hear from the gallery these days. I guess the callers are just fantastic. All right. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by around the uh, the Major League Baseball world. Almost said NBA. But uh, around Major League Baseball, I'm sure that uh, Matt Schneider probably watches some NBA, but he's our Major League Baseball guy, at least for today. And actually, frequently, uh, the ratings guru, among other things, the power ratings man, and uh, other baseball things, many baseball things, everything baseball, for CBSSports.com. Bottom of the hour, once again, it'll be phone call time, 602-260-1060. It'll be general discussion at that point. You are listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 at KSLUX HD2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The American League East has been the best division by far so far in Major League Baseball. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com. Matt, always good to have you. And let's start with the AL East. Um, all five teams above 500. Let's start with Tampa, 29 and seven. Uh, you know, you really, you know, are we beyond the point that you know they got off to this great start against an uh, easy schedule, so to speak? And uh, they're, they're better than that long-term now. They never lose at home, it seems like. They beat the Yankees two out of three over the weekend. So we uh, we kind of passed that stage where they just got off to a good start against bad teams. Yeah, I think we should be past that. And I, I, I tried to like kind of balance both sides of the, the scale there, so to speak, because it was like, well, yeah, you could say when they were 13-0 they were beating on mostly – bad teams, but they swept the Red Sox in four games, and I don't think anybody thought the Red Sox were going to be terrible. And also, as I said at the time, even if you said that's a weak schedule through 13 games in baseball, it's not like it's football and baseball, you'd say, well, the great teams will go 9-4 and four in those 13 games. Instead, they went 13-0. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the, the Pirates were 20-8. and eight. Obviously, I don't think they were even close to being that good, but they swept the Pirates and left no doubt. They took two or three from the Yankees. They beat the Orioles last night. Uh, they should have answered most of the questions. I think you'd have to work awfully hard to, let's say, oh, they lost two of three to the Orioles. They lost two of three to the Astros, or the, the Blue Jays, and two of three to the Astros, and those are probably the two best teams they played. They still played 22 games at home and 14 on the road. I guess if somebody wanted to go with that line of thinking, they could, but, man, it's 29-7, and 29-7 in baseball, man. This isn't like the NFL. 
they kind of have the same cast of characters. So, so why is this offense so significantly improved? Uh, it's hard to say. You know, some guys like, okay, Wander Franco hadn't been healthy that much. He's only 22 years old. He was number one in prospect in, ba- number one prospect in baseball for a couple of years running for a reason because he's that talented. We've seen what Randy Arozarena can do, especially like in small samples in the big spots in the playoffs. So those two guys having bust-out years isn't the biggest surprise in the world. But, like, Yandy Diaz hitting, like, an MVP candidate at age 31 instead of just being a pretty good hitter is kind of from out of nowhere in a small sample. But, like, Isaac Paredes, uh, Harold Ramirez, who had kind of a breakout season last year, but he had 28. He hadn't really been a star before. Uh, some of it is they've got some guys like Arozarena and Wander. Some of it is it's a small sample. Maybe it's a breakout from some of these guys. And some of it is them knowing how to scout undervalued guys in other organizations and being great at self-scouting once they're in the Rays organization. Kind of a perfect storm. The 2020, uh, 22 and 13 Orioles, they, they've now lost three out of four. They lost two out of three over the weekend in Atlanta. <clears throat> excuse me, in Atlanta, but that was a highly competitive series. They lose last night to Tampa. But... Is their starting pitching good enough for you to be a believer in the 2023 Orioles? Yeah, it's funny you talk. we could talk about the schedule, but if you look at when the Orioles were really, really riding high, I'm looking at, you know, they, they won a series from the A's, who are pathetic. They won a series from the White Sox, which started a 10-game losing streak. They won from the Nationals. They won. They swept the Tigers. They did take two or three from the Red Sox, which is good. Then they won three or four from the Tigers, two or three from the Royals. That's a lot of beating up on bad teams, but again, that's true. good teams should beat up on bad teams, and all you can do is play the teams in front of you. Um, I think they're more of a wild-card contender than a serious threat in the AL East. Obviously, the Rays have already built up a six-and-a-half game lead there, so I guess that's not that bold of a statement, but maybe more of a fringe wild-card contender, and it's you, you mentioned the pitching. They've got the up-and-coming position players. They've got Grayson Rodriguez in the rotation, but he's only 23 years old. And I don't know how he's going to hold up over a full season because so many of these young arms aren't fully stretched out for a full major league season of, say, 200 innings. And if you look at the rest of the rotation, you're talking about Kyle Gibson, Tyler Wells, Dean Kramer, Kyle Bradish, Cole Irvin when he comes off the injured list. Man, that's not confidence-inspiring. I don't know how much is going to be out there at the trade deadline. Maybe Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't know if it's going to be that fruitful. And it's one of the reasons I was critical of the Orioles in the offseason was you built up from essentially the ground up. You tore it down, then you built it back up, kind of the way that last decade we saw the Astros and the Cubs do. But at some point you have to supplement that talent, whether it was the Cubs hitting the lottery with the Jake Arrieta trade, but then they signed John Lester, whether it was the Astros going out and trading for Garrett Cole and later trading for Justin Verlander after they developed Dallas Keuchel. Maybe Grayson Rodriguez is the Keuchel or Arietta version for the Orioles, but where is the John Lester signing? Where is the Justin Verlander trade? Where is the Garrett Cole trade? And they got to do something to supplement with a frontline starter because if they do make the playoffs, which I think is possible for them to make it, what's their playoff rotation going to be against some of these strong AL offenses? I mean, are you going to run out Kyle Gibson and Tyler Wells as your one-two in a wild card series? Probably not. I would hope <laughs> they not. might have to. Might have to. <laughs> the Jays, twenty-one and fourteen. 
They still have the occasional bad defense. The pitching staff still has me on the fence a little bit, so convince me that I need to believe more in Toronto. Well, this is probably what they are. You know, they're going to be a team that can go out and stand toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the league. Like I just said, they took two or three from the Rays after the Rays started 13-0. and um, But then they'll go out and do stuff like get swept in, five, in four games in Fenway Park by the Red Sox team that's definitely not bad, but I do think is inferior to them. And they, they kind of blew a couple of those games, um, and it got ugly. And we saw, it, you know, almost kind of made you think back to that Mariners wild card series and their capability to blow games. But, gosh, if they get there and you just think, let's say Kevin Gossman and Alec Manoa and Jose Barrios, who has shown signs of maybe fixing himself, let's say they're all at the top of their game come playoff time. And then Chris Bassett's your four, who's kind of a workhorse innings eater and has had a slow start. But that's a kind of playoff rotation that you could really see getting them to the World Series. So it's mm-hmm. they're going to be inconsistent. But the Phillies were inconsistent all year last year, and they put together a run to the World Series. So it's a matter of getting hot at the right time. I do think they have the pieces. You just If you're Toronto, a Blue Jays fan, you'd wish that they were a little more consistent. Okay, I'm I'm the, one of the people that bet the against the Red Sox. They're 21 and 15. I bet them under 78 wins. Not looking too smart right now. Why is Boston off to this good a start? Well, they just had a, a winning streak uh, that was kind of buoyed by that seemingly from out of nowhere four game sweep of the Blue Jays, who are way better than them. But they took two or three from the Guardians. They went into Philadelphia. Took two or three from the Phillies. They they look like they're going to be able to piece together good stretches this season i just I, I think i could see where your head is on the under bet because you look at the talent and it just doesn't seem like it's all there especially with you know trevor story being out for the season and how they lost Sandra bogart and didn't really try to retain jd martinez they did retain devers but i remembered at that point in the offseason i was like you know they might as well trade them because they're losing almost everybody else and chris dale's 34 i don't know how much Corey kluber's gonna move the needle to their credit they have gotten a lot of stuff done late in the game. They've had offensive comebacks. They've been good late in the bullpen when Kenley Jansen's been available. He's been outstanding. They've gotten good work from Josh Winkowski in the bullpen. I don't think that they're going to be a playoff team, but I do think that the schedule change definitely benefits teams in, say, the ALE because that division is so much better than every other division, and it used to be they had to play each other, what, 18, 19 times, and they were a thirdly bad against the rest of the American League East last year and were over 500 against everybody else. Maybe this is just kind of an evening out of the schedule there because now it drops down to just 13 games against the rest of your division and more games against everybody else outside the division. Maybe that's their avenue to, to kind of stay in the race. Rounding out the division, the 19-17 and 17 Yankees in last place. Many injuries yeah. include Aaron Judge, who's expected to be back tonight. But also Stanton and Rodon and Severino, are, are the Yankees barely above 500 because of injury, or are they just an average team? Well, they were pretty average after what the All Star break last year. They had that amazing start, and the second half they weren't that good. Um, the offense seems like it's going to come and go, boom or bust, maybe if you want to use that term. I do think now that they got Harrison Bader back. Um, Anthony Rizzo is going to be streaky. If Stanton comes back anytime soon, like you said, Judge is coming back. If you have the full complement there, 
let's say Glaber Torres is hitting well. Again, just like Rizzo, he's going to be streaky. But let's say you've got Torres and Rizzo hitting. D.J. LeMayhew, two out home run last night. Harrison Bader looks like he's going to continue to hit well with them as long as he can stay on the field. Judge, Stanton, they've got the offensive pieces to be kind of exciting offensively, but they've just been so boring and bad so far offensively. And scoring seven last night, it, it might seem, oh, well, that that's encouraging. Well, it was all concentrated into three innings, and it was against the eight, who are like a Class A team, especially in their bullpen. So I, we'll see. I, I, I'm not particularly bullish on them at this point. I don't think they're going to finish last. I like them better than the Red Sox the rest of the way. But, man, I don't know if I'd go higher than fourth. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, currently in the sports zone. All right, from the American League East to the National League West, the Dodgers won two out of three last weekend at San Diego. Those teams play again this upcoming weekend. Uh, so how do we evaluate the 21-15 and 15 Dodgers and the 16-17 uh, and 17 Padres to this point? The Dodgers started 10-11, and 11, which means that they are 11-4 and 4 since then. It was kind of just, you know, they do this, don't they? Even if they have down stretches, then they go on a hot stretch, and then you're like, gosh, why would I have ever thought anything other than they're going to be amazing this year again? And it doesn't even matter. They've let so many guys go out. And I think we talked about the drain coming into the season, like Trey Turner and Justin Turner left. And then, you know, Gavin Lux got hurt. And it's like, oh, they're bringing in 35-year-old J.D. JD Martinez. And how much more are they going to get? Well, you know, Max Muncy's going to go out and – look like the best power hitter in the world for a big stretch. You've got Mookie and Freeman, which you knew were going to be there, but Josh Altman, the rookie, who was only forced into action because of the Lux injury caused a game of musical chairs. And he's probably the NL Rookie of the Year at this point. He's been amazing. Uh, They are, I I think it's kind of what I said with the Rays. The Dodgers are so good at figuring out how to find talent, unearth it somewhere else. And then they know they're so good at scout, self scouting, and getting the most out of their talent. And in addition to what the Rays do, the Dodgers can also spend a half a billion dollars. So it's again, as I said, with the Rays, perfect storm. With the Dodgers, maybe it's even more perfect. Uh, on the Padres, I, I still think they have a hot streak in them. They have too much talent to not run off something ridiculous to this point. And it's not like they've started in such a deep hole like the Cardinals dug themselves. 18 and 17 right now. I feel like they're the type of group that could rattle off like 15 out of 20. And if they do that, all of a sudden they're probably right with the Dodgers or alone in first place and setting themselves up for a deep postseason run. They've got all the horses they need. They just need to play better. And I, again, when you say that when a team's 18 and 17, I think that's a testament to how much talent they have. We always talk about Zach Gallen when we uh, have this segment. So, uh, oh, yeah. You know, we- yeah, you're the national chapter uh, president. I'm, I'm, I actually discovered him when he was in Florida, still in Miami. But uh, yeah, he's he's really good. Uh, they're uh, they're twenty and fifteen, but they're under five hundred in games not started by Gallon so far. Is he the best pitcher in the National League right now? Um, there's been several who are off to really really good starts, and one of them I think we've got to look at is Spencer Strider with the Braves, just ridiculous building on his rookie year, but. There's a good argument. I mean, it's um, has a Diamondbacks pitcher ever started the All Star game? Surely, between uh, Randy Johnson, you, uh, and Schilling, and, and Brandon Webb, like surely one of those has yeah. started, right? I, I don't know for Stan sure Aaron. though. I, 
I, I got to look this Heron up. Did, I, but I don't remember that. what team he was with. I know Heron started at once, but I don't remember who he was with. Yeah. Anyway, Gallon's got a good shot to be the All-Star Game starter right now. I mean, if you look at between the, the – I know last year doesn't necessarily count for this year, but with the scoreless inning streak last year, I think that turned a lot ahead. Building that into this year when he's been amazing almost every outing, not every single one, but, you know, the, the outing in Texas wasn't even that bad, and they've counted a lot of good pitching this year. Um, the ERA and whip that he has, they never lose when he pitches at home. 64 to 6 strikeouts to walk. How off the charts ridiculous. Uh, you can't <laughs> say enough about how good he is right now. But he walked a guy last night, so how dare him? Uh, um, five. Yeah. Amazing. All right, Wilson Contreras. How do the Cardinals not know he wasn't good behind the plate? They played the Cubs 19 times per year. Yeah, uh, I've been I, talking on this show forever that he wasn't good behind the plate. Uh, you know, what's happened to the Cardinals here? You know, just evaluating talent and everything just seems to have fallen apart. I, I, I have to imagine they have the longest streak of winning seasons in Major League Baseball right now. I think it's 15. Um, I have to imagine some of this is they have no idea how to react when they're this bad because usually when a team's disappointing – Who's an expected contender? It's something like we talked about with the Yankees earlier, who are nineteen and seventeen, or the Padres, who are eighteen and seventeen, and they're hovering around five hundred. It's what's wrong? It's not when they made the decision ten and twenty-four. Uh, they're not used to that. I have to think that has to be part of the equation there. Even obviously, they don't mean it to be, but it's, it's between Mosaliac, uh, Ollie Marmol, the whole organization. They just didn't know how to react being that bad, and so much of their problem was the pitching staff, which. A lot of people like me. I took the under heading into the year because I said the pitching staff's going to be a problem. And as a diehard Cubs fan who loved Wilson Contreras for seven years, I just got worried that replacing Molina, going with a bad pitching staff, he was going to be scapegoated. Now, I thought it was going to be the fans. I didn't think the front office was going to throw him under the bus a month into the season. But that's what happened. It doesn't make the front office look great, does it? The Cubs no. had the guy for seven years and said, we don't want him back. And everybody knows he's a great hitter for a catcher. And they still said, we don't want him back. So what's that mean? That means they don't have faith in his ability to be a defensive catcher. The Cardinals have evaluated, I would hope, him for seven years on another on their main rival, who was really good during the time. So it's not like they should have been not paying attention to them. Uh, and then they say, we're going to give him five years because we have enough faith in him. And then, what, 30-ish games into the season, now all of a sudden they don't have faith in him? Why would you have so much faith as to give him five years and then give up after 32, 33 games? That doesn't make sense to me. That's why I think it's a panic move because they're not used to being in this spot. Last up for Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com, the defending champion Astros, you know, Justin Verlander left. Jose Altuve was injured w, uh, during the WBC. Brantley still hasn't played. Abreu, well, I'm not sure what's going on there. He's lost his pop. Uh, they have pitching injuries. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> 17 and 18, reason for concern or no big deal about the Astros? I, no big deal just yet. Because as you said, Jose Altuve is, is going to come back. He's still in his prime. Michael Brantley is going to come back. I don't. He, he's probably past his prime, but he'll be a more consistent bat in the lineup and, and balance things out a little. You know, you, you don't want to get too boomer bust. 
and you need a guy who hits for average and doesn't strike out as much like Brantley will do. That'll help matters from there. Um, you know, it's I, I do think the lineup really looks paltry right now, but Bregman's not hitting at all. Abreu is 36 and looks like he's older than that. Uh, although Dusty had a great quote on that the other day. He said, I didn't know if he was limping or pimp because he limps all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I think they can be – I definitely think that they're better than this, and I do think when Brantley and Altuve come back, and again, on the pitching staff, Urquidy, Garcia, Hurt, uh, Lance McCullers has pitched for them all year. They're having problems in the bullpen. Part of this it might be a World Series hangover because time and time again we've seen – Teams that have to go really deep into October, they have a little bit of a hangover the next year, especially pitching-wise, because they had to extend themselves that many more innings and they hit a lot smaller of an offseason. It makes sense. Um, I expect them to get hot in the second half. And looking at the standings, they're four and a half out behind the Rangers. I think they're four and a half games better than the Rangers the rest of the way. The Angels are two and a half in front of them. I definitely think they're more than two and a half games better than the Angels the rest of the way. So I think they're still going to win the division. It is jarring, you know, so to see 35 games of them just looking mostly mediocre. And the lineup, like I said, just doesn't look impressive at all. But I do think once Altuve and Brantley come back and Bregman starts hitting a little more, that should kind of work itself out. Check out Matt's power rankings and everything he does at CBSSports.com. Matt, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. You too. Matt Schneider, CBSSports.com. Check out uh, the Monday Power Rankings. And uh, uh, he has uh, you know, the Tampa Bay and Atlanta 1-2 this week, which uh, I completely agree with uh, that, that particular start. Maybe a couple differences as we go along. Top 10, but uh, that's where it starts. So check out all his work. All right, next segment, phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup. Little on the Nuggets and the, uh, the Nuggets and the Suns for tonight, and time pending, we'll get to a little more on the Diamondbacks and Marlins from last night. We kind of covered that a little bit with Matt. It was the Zach Gallon show last night against the uh, worst hitting team in the National League so far this season, the Marlins, who were pretty feeble and anemic, or whatever word you'd like to use, bad. Um, you know, they have like the leading hitter in the world and uh, Arias, but uh, they're really not good. And uh, Gene Segura kicked out of a game for the first time in his career last night. And he deserved it. He was upset and kind of carried on a little more than he should have. But uh, we'll get to some of that in the next uh, segment. Phone call time, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, if you want to jump aboard phone call-wise, 602-260-1060. And uh, we'll get to uh, phone calls if you'd like in this segment. we got some time and some room if you'd like to jump aboard right now. Meanwhile, the Suns will be without, once again, the injured Chris Paul. The Nuggets will have Nikola Gokic uh, in the lineup tonight after the NBA wisely yesterday decided not to suspend him uh, for the events that happened on Sunday night. Here are some things to look for tonight. Number one, Kevin Durant's efficiency at the offensive end. How's that going to go? Will he get to the free throw line on the road? You know, Durant has been inconsistent in this series. 
He's missed a lot of field goal attempts uh, in uh, you know, the majority of the game so far, especially when uh, the U of A alum Aaron Gordon has been guarding him. So that's one thing to pay attention to tonight. Number two, will DeAndre Ayton show the aggressiveness that he provided in Sunday's Game 5? Uh, Jokic is obviously, I guess, I think he's the most difficult matchup of any player in the NBA for any team. Uh, Aiton at least out-rebounded the two-time MVP on Sunday. In addition, Aiton made uh, some plays down the stretch at both ends of the floor. Number three, will the Suns hold their own when campaign is on the floor? Something that did happen when the Suns won games three and four in Phoenix. Number four on the list here, the Suns, will they, uh, will the bench produce like it did in Phoenix? Landry Shamit, uh, you know, everybody can talk about the three-pointers that he made, but he also made a big difference at the defensive end of the floor, basically on Murray for the uh, fourth quarter of that game on, uh, on, on Sunday night. T.J. Warren, he made some big shots down the stretch in game three. And Jock Landale stepped up and provided certainly some toughness uh, I was actually I was a little bit surprised that Bismack Biombo didn't play at all in games three and four, but clearly Landale, a better offensive player, has uh, supplanted Biombo in the bench rotation at this point. And number five on the list, how will the Nuggets perform back at home? Can Jokic and Jamal Murray, uh, can their cast, their supporting cast, can, the, can those guys perform at a high level? Uh, they did in the two wins at Denver, uh, but the supporting cast mostly struggled in the two losses in Phoenix. So tonight, 7 o'clock on TNT. Uh, game 6 is Thursday night at the Footprint Center. That's a 7 o'clock game on ESPN. And then if there's a Game 7, that's going to be Sunday back in Denver. And uh, we're not about I'm not sure about a time or a network as far as that goes. Depends on what happens in the other uh, conference semifinals in the East and the West. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks are 3-3 three and three to begin their 10-game homestand. Christian Walker uh, hit another home run. He's now hit six home runs in the last eight games. Zach Gallen, seven quality innings last night. The Diamondbacks defeated the Marlins 5-2. The Diamondbacks end up with uh, 13 hits last night. As I mentioned with uh, Matt in the last segment, the Diamondbacks now 20-13 and 13 in the season. They have a losing record in the games that Zach Gallon has not started, but the Diamondbacks have won four of their last five games now. Walker, uh, they're a mammoth blast last night. The uh, exit velo, 114.1. That is the hardest hit ball at Chase Field this season. Uh, that was his ninth home run of this season. I remember last year he hit 36 home runs, so Walker becoming a legitimate, true, feared power hitter around Major League Baseball. Gallon allowed the one run on five hits, struck out seven, had one walk. He had a walk, a, a, a streak of you know, innings without walks that was broken last night because he allowed one walk. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, he did uh, what we expect for Zach Gallon to do. Meanwhile, the Marlins certainly struggling at this point. They've now lost six out of seven. They dropped to 17 and 19 on the season. Tonight, we'll see how Brandon Fott does in start number two of his Major League career. Obviously, start one, number one, was last week at Texas. Texas, number two in baseball in runs scored. 
Now he's going against the team that's last in the National League in runs scored tonight. Todd allowed four home runs in that game last week against the Rangers in Texas. The uh, conditions, you know, there were a lot of home runs on both sides in that particular game. Andrew Heaney gave up a bunch. Christian Walker hit two of those home runs, etc. So we'll see how Fott does tonight in his uh, second Major League start, first one in Chase Field. He's uh, highly thought of as a prospect, and he's really needed because the Diamondbacks' starting rotation after you get past Gallon and Merrill Kelly is questionable at best. Meanwhile, the Marlins tonight will counter with Jesus Lazardo, who has been teasing people for a long time. When he was in Oakland, he was a top prospect. He had some injury problems, ended up getting traded, ended up going to uh, Miami, and uh, he's been okay health-wise for the most part. He's also been on co- okay on the mound so far this season. Uh, he has a 366 earned run average, he tried to say, otherwise known as ERA at uh, this point of the season. So the National League West standings, the Dodgers are on a hot streak here, like we haven't said that before, but as Matt Schneider mentioned in the last segment, they started poorly, and then we kind of went, well, maybe there's some problems here. Well, maybe not. They now won 8 out of 10 games. They win last night at Milwaukee. And uh, Tony Gonsolin, uh, really his first start since uh, he was injured last season, that he looked great. I mean, he looked dominant. He gave up a three-run homer, but uh, those were – it's a three-run homer, but there were also runners on base because of Dodgers' defensive issues before then. They were all earned runs last night. So that's a good sign for the Dodgers that Gonson looked as good as he did last night. So the Dodgers now 21-13. and 13. Uh, They are uh, you know, a couple games uh, – you know, but the Diamondbacks are actually 20-15, and 15, so they're tied in the loss column. Uh, Padres didn't play last night after they lost two out of three over the weekend in San Diego to the Dodgers. Padres sitting at 18 and 17, and then you have what I assume are going to be the fourth and fifth place teams for the majority, if not for the entire season. The San Francisco Giants, which lost last night at home to the Nationals, the Giants 15 and 19, and the Colorado Rockies, who got shut out at Pittsburgh yesterday by Keller. And Keller's first complete game shutout of his career. Uh, the Rockies sitting at 14 and 22. Rockies have actually won six out of 10 to make it to 14 and 22. Uh, so that's the National League West standings to this point. All right, coming up next, we'll have an update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show. We'll have some National Roundup. That'll include some latest line. Also, we'll get to some of the NBA, a little more detail about the NBA playoff games from last night. One exciting game in Los Angeles, Lonnie Walker, the man. Stand up. Nobody's going to stand up here. Unless you're a college basketball fan and you watched Lonnie Walker play at Miami of Florida. Uh, but stand up if you knew anything, a whole lot about Lonnie Walker before last night, and really before the fourth quarter last night. And also, the Miami Heat took care of business again against the uh, New York Knicks. We'll have a little bit on that. In the next segment, time pending, we'll get to some latest line action for tonight in the NBA and maybe even some Major League Baseball. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7.
Back final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else sip through the cracks. Also, our guest today, Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com. Check out among his many uh, many uh, things that he files at CBSSports.com. Check out his weekly MLB Power Rank rankings, which appear or are published on Monday. So check that out among many things, as I mentioned. Sound day courtesy of TNT. 98 Rock, also the uh, Bally Sports Arizona, and WSCR, that's the Cubs flagship station in Chicago. Also, uh, special thanks, as always, to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. All right, NBA postseason scoreboard Lakers. They're one win away from eliminating the defending champions, Lonnie Walker. All 15 of his points in the fourth quarter explosion as the Lakers rallied to take a 3-1 second-round lead. Last night they win 104-101 over the Warriors. Uh, LeBron had 27 points. Anthony Davis, 23 points, 15 rebounds. As the seventh-seeded Lakers are now one win away from knocking out the uh, defending champs. Uh, the Lakers have now won eight consecutive home games, and they're undefeated at home in the postseason. Uh, Steph Curry had a phenomenal game statistically that made he uh, missed a couple of shots down the stretch. He ended up with a triple-double, 31 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists, his 13th career triple-double, uh, but uh, the Warriors unable to close the deal after they blew the lead in the third-slash-fourth quarters last night. Meanwhile, the Heat now 0-3 versus the Knicks when Jimmy Butler plays in this series. And uh, Butler had 17 points and 10 assists last night. Bam out of bio, 23 points, 13 rebounds. And the Heat beat the Knicks last night, 109-101. This is clearly, and it's sometimes, I think, over-exaggerated, and it's sometimes difficult to tell. But clearly, the Heat just played harder than the Knicks did last night. I mean, it was the loose ball festival. The Heat always play hard. The Knicks usually play hard. The Knicks won the last series against the Cavaliers because they out-rebounded the Cavs and played harder than the Cavs. Last night, completely the opposite, really, uh, for the majority of this series. It's been you know the Heat, not just Butler, but all the loose balls seem to go their way. And uh, those are usually not at least completely coincidental. Some of it is a little bit, but not all of it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So the Heat will take a 3-1 lead into MSG for Game 5 on Wednesday night. And uh, one game from uh, wrapping up their third in uh, third uh, Eastern Conference Final in four seasons as the Heat uh, continue to you know, really excel in the postseason. Also last night, Max Struess, 16 points. Kyle Lowry, 15 points. Caleb Martin had uh, 10 for the, for the Heat. And the Heat... Uh, the uh, just the fourth number eight seed in NBA uh, history that this format at least, and this is the 40th season they've been in this format. In this, as far as the postseason goes, the Heat uh, only the fourth team and the number eight seed to win at least seven games uh, in the uh, postseason. They're pulling that off, and you know they obviously took care of the Bucks in the first round, and uh, they won the play-in uh, you know, situation against, uh, I forgot who they even played in the play-in situation. That was a long time ago. Uh, Jalen Brunson was great last night. Didn't get much help from anybody else. Brunson, 32 points and 11 assists. So, tonight, 
Obviously, the Suns, we mentioned in the poll question, five and a half point favorites. That was kind of a you know, you know that, that was kind of a rogue number yesterday afternoon when we actually posted that question. But the Suns have gone from a they they uh, actually opened four point underdogs tonight at Denver. They've gone as high as six, and then now it's pretty much five and a half everywhere in the world. Even though I do see a couple of fives in Las Vegas here in the last two, you know, few minutes, but uh, that's tonight at seven o'clock on TNT. First game tonight is Game Five in Boston. Series tied at two. Philadelphia and Boston. Boston opened a seven and a half point favorite. There's been very little movement as far as the line goes. I'm sure there's plenty of action on this game, but it looks like it's a good, quote, two-way betting action at this point. Uh, the total in that game tonight against the Sixers uh, opened at 214.5 down to 213.5. As far as uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, the uh, next games, Miami is a three-and-a-half, four-point favorite at New York in that uh, closeout possibility for the Heat at MSG. And the Warriors trying to extend the season uh, open five and a half point favorites. They're up to six and a half in game six. Game five. Which game is this? This would be game five, right? Yeah, game five against the uh, at home against the Lakers. All right, that's it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow for the full three hours of local programming, the Sports Zone from nine to ten, and then it'll be the return of the Extra Point, uh, hosted by Kayla from ten to noon. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.